Good morning. Today's scripture lesson comes from the New Testament in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Today's scripture lesson will come from the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to the house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm grateful that Amy was able to record our scripture this week. And I can't hear this text without thinking of the song that I learned as a child. It's Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You, you may know it too. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. Frankly, that's pretty much all I remembered about this story when it came to me this week that it should be the text that I preach on today. It wasn't what I had originally selected for our Come to the Table series because we were going to be gathering in person and having communion every Sunday this Lent. But of course, that's not what's happening. And so this week, God led me to this text. And in my research, I learned something new. This is from uh, Reverend Deborah Hanny Sanu. She's a pastor in Seattle. And she wrote about an experience that she had in seminary. So here's what she wrote. We studied this passage in preaching class. We were being taught to read biblical text extremely carefully. So things like pronouns and the reference of those pronouns were becoming quite important to us in stories like this one. I wasn't the only one who knew that Vacation Bible School song. So you can imagine the reactions in the classroom when the professor calmly pointed out to us a rather mind-blowing detail in Luke chapter 19, verse 3. The text says, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. Interestingly, the text does not actually tell us which of the two men was short in stature. 
most readers assume the he in question was Zacchaeus. But you see, Jesus also himself would have been hard to spot in a crowd if he was the one short in stature and if he was surrounded by people who were taller than he was. Wait a minute, but Zacchaeus is the wee little man. We know this. We've sung about it for years. And isn't Jesus supposed to be the big and strong, tall one? Of course, we can never actually know which of the two men the narrator was referring to. End quote. It is amazing how a scripture text that I've heard so often over the years can feel familiar, and yet one little word can change my understanding. What if Zacchaeus wasn't the short one? What if he had to climb the tree so that he could see Jesus? And Jesus wasn't the very tall, bronze, strapping person that we tend to imagine in our minds, because after all, he's the savior of the world. Why wouldn't he be tall and strong? The last couple of weeks, many people have started asking questions about God. Is God causing this illness around the world? Can God cause it to end if we just pray or do the right thing? There are some people who are people of faith and who say that God can do that. And then people who are saying, well, if God can, then why won't God do that? This is a season where sometimes we rethink the things that we know. And so this morning, as we hear this familiar text, I want you to enter into a space of knowing that God is with us. God is always with us. Even if we can't see God and it feels like we need to climb a tree, we can find God in the midst of this. Now, people want to make meaning of all that is happening. And sometimes you'll hear all sorts of explanations that make people feel better about God's plan for this. I think there is an invitation in this season of change for us. I think God is with us in it. And I think it's an opportunity for us to consider how God can open our hearts, our lives, and our churches in a new way that we've never had to have before. In this time when churches cannot physically gather together, we are finding new ways to connect with one another and with people who are hurting in this world. We are reaching out to lonely people using the technology of our time, and we are able to proclaim the good news that comes to us through Jesus, who is the one that brings life abundant. This week, I've had a couple people ask me deep and hard questions as they wrestle with what they believe in God. And then someone asked me a question I really had never thought about before. They asked me, why do you think that God believes in us? I was kind of taken aback. Well, God believes in us because God created us. God created us out of love. And yet this person was getting at the fact that God believes that we as humans can be moved to mercy and compassion, to the divine attributes that God has given to humanity, to love and care for the least and the lost and the most vulnerable among us. In this time 
when it is easy for so many to shelter in place because they have a shelter. I have been moved by the compassion of people in our community, for the ones just outside our door who are not housed, for the ones who have no shelter in which they can find respite. This is also a time when people are hungry and people are anxious about what is to come in the days ahead. And this is when I see the most beautiful part of the generosity of humans. When they connect with the divine love that God has for us, people are inspired by generosity. And that's the story that we had today. The story of Jesus looking up at Zacchaeus in the tree, of saying to him, I am coming to your house today. And then we see that he is welcomed and that Zacchaeus, the one who was a tax collector, the one who was a sinner, the one who was taking advantage of people using the economic oppressive tools at his hands as the tax collector, he had his life transformed and his response was generosity. He promised to repay anyone that he had cheated. He promised to give back more than he had taken. I believe that if each and every one of us can open our hearts to what God might be inviting us into this time to encounter the divine love that God has for us, we too, like Zacchaeus, will be inspired to act generously. With our time, our talents, and our treasure, with all of who we are, we won't hold back. We won't allow a scarcity mentality of fear to drive our actions. Instead, we will trust in God's abundance. I have been so moved this week by our neighbors on Stafford Street who have come to refill the little pantry outside of the church. We have someone that's coming into the church every day who has volunteered to fill it once a day. But I know that we have other neighbors on this street who have seen how quickly our little pantry empties. And so they have taken it upon themselves to fill it again so that the pantry will be full, filled more than once a day. In this season, it's an opportunity for us to consider, how would we react if Jesus were to come to our house? And what acts of generosity would it inspire in us? So this morning, as we gather in our homes, or here I am in my office, but I'm trusting you're in your homes, I'm wondering how you would respond if Jesus looked you in the eye and said that he was coming to dinner at your house. Because Jesus is at your house already. He is there with you today. And I wonder what acts of transformation and what acts of generosity he will inspire in you. So in this season of uncertainty, rest assured that God is with us. And God can continue to teach us new truths about what God is doing in this world if we remain open to welcoming God's presence with us every day. And this can lead us to transformation. I invite you to pray with me. God, thank you that you want to come and dine at our tables, that you want to bring your friends who are hungry with you. In the season of uncertainty and of potential scarcity and anxiety, 
I ask that you be with us so that our hearts would be open to you and so that we would find a way into a place of your abundance so that we can respond with generosity like Zacchaeus did, that we can allow our hearts to be open to your transformation and we can work to proclaim the good news of your love, which is here with us and drives out our fears. God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. And in your most holy name, I pray. Amen.